0: Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today.
1: Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles,
2: Welcome everybody to Fantasy Football today DFS. My name is Sienna Ajad, and I'm here with Nick Bretwish but before we get to Nick Bretwish otherwise known as Sticks Picks on the Twitter or the X or whatever we're supposed to call it. <laughs> uh we got two preseason games today which makes me super happy. I think we have five tomorrow. Nick, like that's kind of how I want to introduce you because like you got to be completely amped. You are like the one of the prominent or preeminent, I should say, NFL DFS guys that I've ever known. And I, I got to think you are just giddy as giddy can be.
3: Yeah, no, I'm I'm really excited just to watch football again, watch the first episode of Hard Knocks. Seems like Aaron Rodgers may never throw an incompletion based on how they talk about him. So that's it's like you already get that uh, that bias from the show. It's like last year you wanted some exposure to the Lions. Now it's like you want to draft Garrett Wilson and Aaron Rodgers and get that combo taken care of. But, yeah, I'm really excited. Uh, Week one's kind of whatever to me. It depends on what starters are going to go. I think for me personally, I'm really interested to see Jordan Love Mm and the snaps that he takes for the Green Bay Packers, see what that offense does, because it will certainly affect, um, you know, roster ship for week one, what the Packers are going to do offensively. I'm sure we're going to see a lot more A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones together on the field. Do they give Jordan Love the green light to sling it around like Rodgers would? He'd always check out to his own plays and pass the ball a little bit more, especially in the red zone. I don't think we're going to get that this year. So really like to see the value in Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. Really excited to see Sam Howell too. I know you're a Washington guy. And uh, you know, we've we've heard good things about Howell since he was back in North Carolina. We're truly like a, a gunslinger, and they have a very good wide receiver core. So really interested to see how he reads blitzes. And different coverages and things like that so for the most part it's more the quarterback play for me for these young guys that are starting to get an opportunity um and will we see Bijan robinson is he gonna play he's i think they're tomorrow night against uh, your boys down in miami is is he gonna play tomorrow or i haven't heard yet
2: you know, I, I, I would think the answer to that would be no. And that he'd play in, in the preseason, the, the week two preseason game for Atlanta. Maybe he gets a couple series there and they call it a day on Bijan just because, I mean, I, I, you know, it's the running back position. I just don't know how many reps he needs going into week one. So I'm thinking yeah. two series, maybe three in week two of the preseason and that's it. You mentioned Sam Howell. I mean, I think he's really interesting. We're going to get into the main slate in a second, but before we do that, um, tell everybody. So listen, I, Look, I've worked with you at Wind Daily Sports, winddailysports.com. Um, we can find you on Twitter at SticksPicks. That's for those of you listening and not watching. A, shame on you. B, <laughs> it's not Styx C-K, it's S T I X Picks, P I C K S. So at SticksPicks picks he's a great follow Uh, he does a lot of free stuff on the wind daily youtube channel so you can always uh, check that stuff out but sticks anything going on that we should know about whether it's you've released rankings or you got articles going up anything that we should be looking forward to in the next few weeks
3: Uh, the rankings are up kind of changing those like after we get a little bit of news like that obviously the biggest situation right now is what's going on with the colts backfield other than that um no, like knock on wood, no key injuries have happened. I know we lost Tim Patrick, uh, Marlon Mack seems to be the other guys, but I really, you know, unfortunate to say probably didn't have a lot of fantasy value there in any of your guys' draft. So that shouldn't matter a whole lot. Um, but yeah, really right now, just keeping an eye on the Colts backfield situation. Sounds like they offered cream hunt a deal and he said no. So maybe that's a little more leverage to the Jonathan Taylor side of things. Cause I know we all want him to be uh to be dressed and active for week one, especially with Steichen calling the plays there, with should be a great fantasy aspect for a guy like Jonathan Taylor. But um rankings are up. I believe they're free on winddaily They're definitely gonna be a little bit different. Gonna be some guys that you know are are way higher than consensus and some guys that are way lower than consensus. That's kind of how we differentiate over there is to really take a stand on some guys for better or for worse. Uh 2022 McCole Harbin. I still think that was a win. See, I know that. We had our arguments there, but when he was on the field, man, he was very, very effective. Um, didn't see a whole lot of him in episode one of Hard Knocks, so that was uh, that was a little sad for me, but he did score what seemed to be like a 30-yard touchdown from Aaron Rodgers, so that'll be fun. I don't think Randall Cobb sees the field for that team, and that uh, that slot role should be McColl's, but we'll see. Maybe he's just a, a lifelong gadget guy, and I will take the L if that is the case on McColl Hardman, but yeah, rankings are up. I update them usually every Friday, but again, it's so early. I'm not going to make a lot of updates right now because I kind of want to stand by the guys that I put where I put them.
2: All right. So, Zach, who is who is behind the screen on the ones and twos, you can go ahead and throw up the uh, the DraftKings board. Because, you know, I want to look at listen, I want to look at each position. Listen, I, I know we're three weeks out, technically 28 days out from NFL kickoff, which from the main slate puts us around 31 days out. I never think it's too early, Nick. I, I think this no. is super, super fun. By the way, you mentioned Marlon Mack. I mean, there are some, and you mentioned Tim Patrick. There are some guys in the NFL, and there's a lot of guys, and a lot of them we forget about, but there are some that repeatedly are able to come back because of their talent level that just keep getting these like horrific injuries. Tim Patrick is one of them. Marlon Mack is another guy. He tore his Achilles. I mean, his career is over at this point. Like, this was kind of his last bite at yeah. the apple, if you will. Sterling Shepard, a guy who I'm I'm praying is healthy and still able to move like he did before for the New York giants. But like, I'm skeptical there. And I'm, I'm kind of waiting for the Sterling shepherd injury. This is a, this is a rough sport. So hopefully when we, I don't want to get too, you know, you know, weird about it, but we celebrate so many things with NFL. Like I, I, I try to remember the guys who were really good and, and they got injured because it's just such a tough life to be the best in your sport. And then all of a sudden suffer a couple injuries and then everybody forgets about you. All right. Well, let's forget about that for a second Um, and let's dive into quarterbacks. So this is really interesting. I mean, Nick, I I think it's fair to say that the first thing people do when they're evaluating, especially the week one slate, is they're just going to look at totals and they're going to be like, all right, well, what what are the few games that have the highest totals? Okay, that's that's where I want to go. And by the way, that's a totally fine way to do it. But I'm wondering, before we get into the quarterbacks, before we get into who you like, and I'm going to add a little bit uh, in terms of the quarterbacks who I like. Is is there reason, is there cause to maybe look at some of these games that are, are like in the mid-40s, maybe the fourth, fifth, sixth tier games from a scoring state, from a total standpoint? Maybe you want to really invest heavy in those, especially week one when the markets are, tend to be off in the first few weeks.
3: No, absolutely. No doubt. Like you said, um, I did check your pre-show notes, and I think we're on one game that – You know, it's early, but like you said, everybody's going to start looking at totals. There's one game that sticks out like a sore thumb. That's going to be the Chargers um, hosting the Dolphins. The total right now, I believe, consensus is right around 50 and a half. There's not a game higher than 47 and a half on this main slate, other than that game. So I think that's certainly going to garner a ton of ownership. There's just fantasy stars all across both sides of that football. Uh, Not saying that that's a bad game. I'm sure we're going to talk a lot about Justin Herbert. I personally built 32 lineups already, and I think um, 25 of them have a different quarterback. But I think the other I've only done two quarterbacks so far. The other one is Justin Herbert. Um, But other than that, yeah, I mean, you want to check out. Defenses. see how the health is like just real quick for the Dolphins. They acquired Jalen Ramsey. He, he's going to be out for some time. So again, I think that's kind of another chip in the chalk basket of why that's probably a good game. You want to get exposure to, I don't think you need to build your whole lineup around it, but that is a good way to get different. Cause most people will just do, you know, DFS has been going on for so long. There's so many different sites out there. I think for the most part, unless you're brand new to DFS, everybody's going to stack and hopefully bring a run back or a bring back i should say so for example that'd be justin herbert keenan allen bringing it back with tyreek hill that's going to take up a lot of salary but i think right now if i were to guess ownership those are probably you know that's going to be the highest owned stack and then the highest owned bring back is certainly going to be tyreek hill Um, but yeah i think you make a lot of good point like the middle tier games are probably the ones that the market's going to be off on and those are the ones that money's going to move the most like i think For example, like the Cardinals and Commanders, that totals at 40. It's probably going to sit at 40, maybe close at 39 or 41. And we're not going to see more than a point movement in that game. You know, maybe Sam Howell just goes out and slings it uh, like crazy this week and maybe in uh, week three when he gets out there in the preseason. Um, But other than that, those games probably aren't going to move a whole lot. So those games, you probably are better off fading, maybe stacking uh, the running back and then the defense on the other side there with the Commanders. You could play. If you're into Brian Robinson or Antonio Gibson, use the commander's defense because the Cardinals offense, I think we all know, is going to be brutal, at least to start the season until Kyler gets back. But, yeah, I mean, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on what middle tier games these totals in uh, the 45 to 47 range that certainly could move up, you know, two to three points based on the action that comes in over the next couple of weeks. I think that's where you get an edge and let's get after it.
2: Yeah. So I like, I want to bring up the guy at the top. Cause I think he's really interesting in a couple of different ways. We we have some people in the chat, by the way, and, and Rick, I hope I'm pronouncing your, your last name, right. Is it fun cannon? Cause that's like the, the that's most fun name. last name to say <laughs> of all time. And I, I know you're a big fan of this show and in the early edge stuff that we do. So I appreciate you being in here, but if you guys have a favorite player, whether it's at the quarterback position, which is up on the board right now, or running back, where there's a stack that you like, or a game that you want to exploit, go ahead and put it in the chat. I see Rick, you put in Jalen Hurts, so I think is interesting. I don't think I'm playing Jalen Hurts, but um, I don't have a huge argument against a talent like that who's going to use a lot of a, a lot of his uh, his legs. Now, Lamar Jackson's going to do that as well. And this Houston defense, listen, here's the thing about Lamar. I don't think he's going to be very highly owned because just like you said, a lot of people are going to want to pay down a little bit of quarterback. We'll get to the Geno Smiths, to the Russell Wilsons, to the Sam Howells, to the Justin Herbert, who is a reasonable price at 6,900. But when I look at Lamar Jackson, I'm thinking to myself, "All right, not a lot of people are going to play him uh, because it's a relatively low total at 44." And I just think, we, we Lamar's in that prove it mode still. Like, I mean, I know he got paid, but he hasn't played in a while. This Houston defense, yes, they upgraded at defense in in a very big way uh, with their with their second pick in the first round. But at the end of the day. I just think Lamar can stack up points with his legs and even with his arm to some degree. And listen, Odell, Zay Flowers, we'll see how that goes. And by the way, if you wanted to stack with either of those two, you could. But I really like I really like Lamar here because I just don't see a lot of people playing him. And by the way, you can do a skinny stack with Lamar. You don't stack Lamar, but you run it back with John Michi at 3600 Like That's the savings you're getting off that 8000 Lamar just by doing that skinny stack. So something to think about. What are your thoughts there?
3: Yeah, I think uh, right now I've actually started writing my article at Wind Daily Sports for the week one slate. The top tier for me starts and ends with, uh, with Lamar Jackson there. So what I love the most about like we're kind of buying low, like 8000 is not a bad price, especially once, you know, he starts running for 90, 110 yards a game with a score and then throws for 202 touchdowns like he is probably the highest ceiling player on the slate. I know we have Jalen Hurts, but you got to kind of question what the pace of that game is going to be with New England Patriots on the other side. But this is a new offense. Greg Roman is gone. This is going to be a spread offense. I believe it's Todd Monk and now is the OC for the Ravens. And that is going to favor a much more balanced offense. We saw that uh, the Ravens over the last couple of years were extremely run heavy, like damn near 60, 40 in favor of the run. They're going to spread it out. There's going to be a lot of passing in this offense. We know that they, you know, spent a lot of draft equity in Zay Flowers. We'll get to him in a minute. I think both of you are gonna be both of uh both of us are gonna be very high on him. But this is gonna be an up tempo offense. Last year, I believe they're uh they rated, I have the pace of play here fifth to last in my expected numbers for pace. With Todd Monken, they go up to seventh. So that is a significant increase. Again, that's all like expected. This is kind of the stats that people that are really informed for week one DFS for better or for worse. Like, this is kind of the edge that we have to have. If no one's going to play Lamar Jackson, especially to one thing I wanted to talk about, see that red opponent rank right there? Like, people mm-hmm. that that influences decision making on draftings, especially for people that don't play a whole lot, just do a couple lineups for fun. And that's great too. But they're going to see that red thing and be like, eh, you know, this game's probably not going to shoot out um, and just fade Lamar Jackson. He's too expensive, things like that. But his stacks, if you want to stack them, I know you could always play them naked like you said. But Mark Andrews and, and Zay Flowers, I think these guys are in absolute smash spots. And then on the other side too, Houston's got a new offense. My concern there is... They want to take the air out of the ball. It's uh, is it Bobby Slowick is now their offensive coordinator. He comes from the Shanahan tree. So going to run a lot of outside zone. I think my favorite play in this game, who's also likely to be very low owned, I would think is Damian Pierce. So Mm -hmm. if you're not playing Lamar, if I'm not playing Lamar in some of my builds, I'm going to use a lot of Damian Pierce because I do think that the best way for Houston to stay in this game is to run the living hell out of the ball. And they're going to pass to Damian Pierce, too. There's no one behind him. So I think that this is a really good game to get exposure to. I don't think I would lean on betting the over. But if it drops to maybe like 43, I think that 44 is kind of a key number there. I would certainly go over on that. Um, But I love Lamar Jackson. I think that's the top dog in this, uh, this week one slate, no doubt
2: yeah, I'll definitely be playing a lot of Lamar. Maybe maybe that Michi bring back. Let's see how he does in the preseason, but he's expected to be the starter in the slot. And you got to think Houston's going to be playing comeback ball even if the pace is slow and even if Houston takes the air out of the ball, I just think the points are going to be so concentrated with Lamar uh, that in, listen, I could be wrong. Like we could see, you know Gus Edwards or j k. Dobbins um get some run near the end zone. But um, I think I still think Lamar's kind of in improvement mode, and he's get, he's got a really great opportunity to do it against Houston. Well we we spent a lot of air on Lamar Jackson. Do we need to discuss Justin Herbert? Like, I like, let, let's talk about this. When it comes to Justin Herbert, obviously, it's a good matchup. Although, listen, even if Jalen Ramsey's injured, this Miami defense is pretty good. Like, pretty good front seven, pretty good secondary, even if Jalen Ramsey is hurt. So, that's something to consider if you wanted to fade this game in any way. But if you're stacking Justin Herbert, my question for you, Sticks, is who are you stacking him with? Because we've got the rookie receiver in Johnston. Of course, we have Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. And then, of course, you could stack him with Austin Eckler if you want, or you could go the tight end route. Uh, I'm just curious. Like for me, my thought is if I'm going to stack this game, which I may not, to be honest with you, in in my primary builds, it might be Justin Herbert to Austin Eckler. But where would you go here?
3: I'm actually going to likely fade Austin Eckler. And that scares me. But it's kind of a stance I have to take, especially if I'm going to play a lot of Lamar. Going to Kellen Moore from Joe Lombardi, I have um, all my projection like in the target shares coming up for each team. So last year, the Chargers finished with a 26% target share to running backs, a 9% end zone share to running backs, and a 27% red zone share via the pass to running backs. This year, with, uh, with Kellen Moore there, I think they get the tight ends involved a lot. So if I were to just punt on a stack, I really like Gerald Everett. And uh, we'll get into another gross play later when we go position by position. But this year, I have the expected target share to go 20% running back. So that's a 6% hit, which hurts Austin Eckler a little bit. A 6% hit in end zone share, which goes down to 3%. So that's all those targets that Eckler got in the red zone. Maybe that's a factor of Justin Herbert checking down to him a lot. But I think it was a lot of designed runs or designed routes from Joe Lombardi. That's what he did with Alvin Kamara. In New Orleans, that's likely what we're going to get with some of those Denver running backs. So, again, what we lose in the Chargers production, follow those systems. I think we're going to see a lot of good things in Denver. And then a 7% hit in red zone share for running backs. So what I do think is this is a big bump up to guys like Keenan Allen. Keenan also said in an interview, I think, earlier this week that he kind of sees himself as, I think, a poor man, C.D. Lamb. But last year, he ran most of his routes right out of the slot. He had a lot of injuries as well last year, so maybe that is a part of it. But they're going to move these wide receivers and go three wide, four wide sometimes, all over the field. I think this is really good for all the wide receivers in the Chargers, and they're all healthy right now. They picked up Quentin Johnson as well. Um, Mike Williams is going to be cheap, but I think Keenan Allen's the main benefactor here outside of the tight ends because that expected tight end share is going to go up a lot especially in the red zone. That is what Kellen Moore and Dak Prescott did a ton in Dallas. You'll see with my gross play, it's not Gerald Everett. It's Donald Parham behind him.
2: Oh, um, but I love me but, some Donald Parham. First yeah, touchdown, the teacher, touchdown, yeah, touchdown exactly. all
3: day. I, I am waiting for the books to open like his touchdown number at like six and a half, seven to one. And I think that closes right around four to one. Cause I think a lot of it's, it's touchdown props are terrible to bet, but I like those big numbers on guys that, especially in the beginning of the year, like the sports books, i truly don't believe all of them at least look into these coaching schemes and everything like that and that there's going to be a lot of two tight end sets and Donald parham's probably going to play the slot a lot too especially when they go four wide i'm excited for this offense and with jalen out i think this is probably the game you want to get exposure to justin herbert unfortunately the whole world's going to want to get exposure to justin herbert and their offensive line's healthy too so as much as miami does wreak havoc with the pass rush or should with this year's roster. I, I don't think it matters. I think this is unfortunately a nut spot for the chalk and Justin Herbert here.
2: Yeah, fair enough. I mean, I, I thought so too. I mean, I, I'm going to lean to, to largely fading this, I think, just to be contrarian. But Definitely. I mean, I, I agree. And you mentioned the offensive line. I mean, like this, everybody was injured last year on the offense. I mean, there's mm-hmm. no excuses for the Chargers. They still should have advanced in the playoffs and, and, and all of that. And their defense still has some questions. But at the end of the day, Herbert was injured almost the entire season with the rib cartilage injury. And we don't know how much that limited him, but it certainly did. Two offensive line pieces, two of their main offensive line pieces out. Keenan Allen missed almost half the season. When you, when you break it down, Mike Williams was injured like he normally is. So um, this offense, I mean, I, I really like Justin Herbert, by the way, if you like any of this info and and don't worry, we're not going to spend this whole show on quarterbacks. We're going to get to running backs in a second, but um, hit the like button for us. Um, And of course, If you want to participate in the chat, you got to be subscribed to the channel. So hit the subscribe button if you're not already. And make sure you subscribe to Fantasy Football Today DFS, because not only do we have Nick on right now, not only did we have Derek Brown Debro on last week, we have Degenerate 75 coming on next week to to talk some game theory and to talk some week one and, and all things NFL DFS. Nick, before we get to running backs, give me two more quarterback names that you're going to be playing on the week one main slate.
3: I touched on him. Joe Lombardi's offense. Sean Payton coming back. I'm going to play a lot of the Broncos. They picked up Mike McGlinchey on the offensive line. Uh, Garrett Bowles is back, and I mean, just last year, like Russ's historic stats are so much better when he's not getting knocked down and pressured. And last year, I believe I have the numbers here. If you care, overall, I mean, he was top five in sacks. Top, I think it was T1, tied for first in sacks. Top three in knockdowns and fifth in hurries. So. You know, Sean Payton obviously came in, made his comments about Nate Hackett and all that stuff. That is what it is. But he addressed this offensive line right away. This offense is going to be healthy, at least to start, especially with Javante Williams kind of coming back from a severe, severe knee injury. I don't know if they lean a lot on the run. They'll probably see a lot of P. Ryan, too, week one. And unfortunately, with Tim Patrick out, like we know who and K.J. Hamler's gone, too, with with a heart issue. So best of luck to him. That's always very, very scary. But You know where the targets are going. There's four guys that can catch the ball. There's Dulcich if you want to go low on tight end. Cortland Sutton's super, super cheap. Jerry Judy really came on last year. Should be a breakout year for him. And then uh, we'll talk about a punt wide receiver on that offense in a little bit here. But Russell Wilson is probably my – that's a guy I have like 25 lineups with. And the others are going to be Lamar Jackson, Herbert. I guess if I had to choose one other guy that's going to be very, very low owned, I would think. I think you're on him too. I'm going to go with Geno Smith. Mm-hmm. I think this Rams this Rams defense is terrible. Like Everybody's gone. They don't have playmakers. My issue there is can the Rams keep up the pace on the other side? Um, but the Seahawks played pretty quick last year, and I believe I have them ranked relatively high in terms of pace, like right in the middle of the field. But just so many weapons, and their running backs are banked up too. I mean, let's see what JSN could do. DK Metcalf's a slate breaker at any time. And Lockett is certainly undervalued in the DFS and fantasy community. So a lot of good weapons there. I think I like that game to go over a little bit. But that's me putting a lot of trust in. For some reason, I just trust Sean McVay. I feel like he's always going to figure it out if Stafford is healthy. I know he was banged up like Herbert last year. Um, If he's good to go, obviously we're going to need Cooper Cup on the field for the Rams to kind of have a chance to stay in this game. But um, Van Van, the touchdown man, too. Look out for a 40-yard bomb to him against the Seahawks week one.
2: So let me let me get a yes or no before we switch uh, gears to running backs. By the way, Daniel Greer in the chat he says this makes me so excited seeing some NFL DFS. You're damn right. It does. Uh, Me as well. Nick as well, as you can tell. So listen, this is what we're going to be doing uh, throughout the preseason. We'll talk some preseason DFS, but we're really just going to be talking kind of game theory stacks. We like, you know, and obviously the news is going to change. So the analysis is going to change. But what I really want to do is take people through the mental impressions of somebody like Nick, somebody like sticks picks who, who considers, you know, how he wants to stack, how he wants to get different. Some of the players that might not be as popular, particularly week one. Let me get a yes or no on Anthony Richardson and Sam Howell week one.
3: I'm going to be out on both. I think gotcha. Sam Howell is going to get a ton of ownership uh, just because of the price. You could stack a bunch of studs with them. Uh, I'm going to be out there. Uh, I just don't see any pace in that game at all On with Arizona on the other side. Um, but again, what is he? Forty nine hundred. You could certainly hit value in a game that's very sluggish. Um, uh, just seeing Rick's comments here too. Like he's never played DFS for a tournament, and almost anybody that a roster, unless they're dirt, dirt cheap. I want guys that could be in a high pace, high scoring affair because that's how you get fantasy points. So simple as that. And then with Richardson, I think I'm just gonna wait and see. I, I don't know what to expect with that Colts offense. It may be a great price at fifty six hundred if he's as good as we all think he is. But just didn't see a ton in Florida. Didn't play a ton of college football. He was extremely talented. He's got a cannon for an arm. I'm just not. I'm having a hard time handicapping that offense. And if uh, other you guys, you know, if you're a Colts fan and you went to training camp and, and saw how these guys mesh, you know, maybe you got a better read on that offense than I do. And fire away on a guy with the world of talent and a quarterback that's half running back is always valuable in fantasy, as we all know. But I, I think I'm going to pass there. I think Russ is as cheap as I'm getting.
2: Yeah, I can understand maybe trying to speculate with Richardson Week One, but I'm going to be out on Richardson in general. Like I, I'm, I'm kind of out on out, out on him as a quarterback uh, long term in the NFL. But you know, I'm, I'm happy for him to uh, prove me wrong there. Uh, all right, listen, we're going to switch gears. We're going to go to running back, but before we do that, we're going to hear a message from our partners.
1: eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential, and then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love. Roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place.
2: So Nick, I don't think you have time for Dynasty because you're just so neck deep and in, in really DFS. I mean, you do so much DFS over at WinDaily. Daily. Uh, you do your YouTube shows and a bunch of other stuff. Chris Brooks has a question that I think you can answer whether you do Dynasty or not. He says, hey guys, oh, by the way, thanks for watching, Chris. Um, wondering if I'm about to overpay for JSN. Of course, that's Jackson, Jackson Smith and Jigba. He says, looking to send Christian Watson in a 2023 first round pick, first 1.08, for JSN. Nick, that's way, ah, listen, you can be a JSN much. fan all you want. Yeah, Christian Watson is the real deal, regardless of who his quarterback is. And, and you're adding a first round pick to it. Let me, let me guess, Chris, you didn't offer this to, to your, to the guy that like this trade got proposed to you, right? Tell us yes or no in the chat. Nick, you can't do that, right?
3: No, no, I'm out And uh, love JSN, but crowded wide receiver core this year you don't know what the quarterback play is going to be in the future. Again, with Christian Watson, you are putting a lot of stock in Jordan love panning out, but yeah, adding that pick um, I'm going to be out on that for sure. I do play one dynasty league, but it is a lot of work. Like you said, especially doing DFS all the time, writing the articles, all the projections, and then think like people just trade like crazy in dynasty too. It's like half the time I just reject it without even reading it. It's like, I don't have time to even evaluate this. Cause I don't, I don't just want to say yes or no to a trade, but um, yeah, that that first round pick, uh, I think that's the deal breaker for me. I'm out.
2: Chris, Chris proposed that trade, which means he like wow, went to he a, loves Jason, <laughs> yeah, he's a Seahawks like fan, he's, or yeah. he's related, to JSN somehow. Um, yeah, so don't do that. Sorry, I didn't. I, I just assumed that was proposed to you, but um, careful on that one. Okay, let's start with running backs. Uh, now, the the one that's my favorite from a redraft standpoint, and from a week to week and a prop standpoint, is Nick Chubb. And it looks like you agree with me there. Like, one thing I I just want to say, like, Kareem Hunt's not there. And Nick Chubb started to show that he was catching a few more balls last year. And I think that's absolutely in play this year. But the guy is such a beast, Nick. I mean, he's such, he's still in his prime. you got weapons on the outside and a quarterback that's probably going to be better than Deshaun Watson that I think defenses are going to have to respect. I think it's Nick Chubb to the moon. What, What say you in week one?
3: The nut guy. He's my number one. Honestly, I like drafting him first at running back in season long, too. There's no no more cream hunt. Jerome Jerome Ford just got banged up. This offensive line ranks pretty much neck and neck first with uh, the Eagles for me. And like you said, the pass catching is going to come back. He had some really good seasons in the NFL as a pass catcher in terms of like PFF grades and everything like that. He's a Georgia guy, knows how to run routes. I, he is their offense. I know Amari Cooper's pretty good, too. We'll see what uh, happens with Elijah Moore. But this offense is going to run through that offensive line, run through him. That's what Kevin Stefanski always does. Nick Chubb. I'm licking my chops to see if we can get a one and a half catch prop opening at some of these sports books. I think I'd pi- I'd pay. You know, I'd go down to minus 175. I think I'd eat that much juice just to guarantee that he gets two catches. I think sportsbooks probably open it at a two and a half, but that is one of the props that I'm looking at in turn, uh, In addition to that Donald Parham touchdown spot, but yeah, Nick Chubb is the clear number one running back on the slate for me. I know we have McCaffrey. I know we have Eckler. I talked about why I think Eckler may be overpriced in terms of uh, that offensive scheme change. Obviously it's Austin Eckler. He's still a stud, not saying he's a bad play, but give me Nick Chubb for a little bit cheaper for a guy that should catch three and a half, four, uh, four balls a game in this offense until further notice.
2: Yeah, by the way, I, I did a lineup before the show with uh, just for fun, right? And I had Lamar Jackson in it, Nick Chubb, Austin Eckler, and I believe Tyreek Hill. And I like literally punted everywhere else and I was able to do it. So I'm not saying that's the strategy because you're you're playing a lot of punt tight, not only punt tight end, which is fine, but um punt receiver, punt and flex. But yeah, I'm, I'm trying to stick Nick Chubb in, in a lot of lineups as well. What other running backs are you liking on this slate?
3: I don't like anybody else that's on the screen right now. I'm starting with uh, Nick Chubb. And then the mid-tier guy that I'm looking at right now is going to be Aaron Jones. Talked about that. Uh, what I expect that Packers offense to do, be a lot more focused around both running backs. So you could even maybe give, you know, A.J. Dillon a look. But I think Aaron Jones is going to run a lot more routes. He ran a ton of routes last year, too. But without... um Aaron Rodgers there, I think that they just have to lean on those guys. The Bears did improve their their defense a little bit. I think their secondary is more than their front seven. Um, I think you still run all over them. Packers' offensive line grades pretty well for me as well. But other than that, I love the value down below because of what I'm trying to do at wide receiver. I am trying to pay up. I know you talked about just kind of punting and going with um, – Chubb and Eckler and then which, just, which
2: for the record is probably a bad strategy. And by the way, it wasn't Eckler it was Derrick Henry. So that, that is a bit of a savings there, but, but the point is like, that's probably not, I just wanted to have some fun and I wanted no, to I love in it with those two big heavy hitters, but um, I I'm agreeing with you on the, in the wide receiver take, but go on with the, uh, with the punch ish running backs.
3: Yeah. So in terms of GPPs, I'm going to look at Damian Pierce a lot because uh, Bobby Sloak there and that offense, I think, again, the only way that they stay in that game is if they run the hell out of the ball, and Damian Pierce is going to run a lot more routes this year. But I'm going to lock in Miles Sanders. I believe in my 32 lineups, he is in 32 of them wow. so far. Um, he's just 5,700. That Carolina offensive line is much improved. I think that game's going to be a little bit slower, but that guy's going to catch a lot of balls too. I mean, he was one of the best, uh, the most elusive running backs in the NFL last year. We just didn't see a ton of them because how much Philly moved around all those running backs. You get your game well, you get your random Boston Scott games that absolutely kill me when I roster Miles Sanders. But there's no more Jalen Hurts doing that little push QB sneak thing that's taking away all the points for Miles Sanders. So I'm going to play Miles Sanders at 5,700. I'm going to play a ton of them. And I I don't care what his ownership is. I think guys like Nick Chubb are probably going to be very, very highly owned. Um, But Miles Sanders, uh, if he's 25 percent, I think 75 percent of the field is uh, is not playing a great play in week one. So I'm going to be all over Miles Sanders. And I do respect the Falcons front seven too. Grady Jarrett, obviously a great run stopper. Um, But it's more of just the opportunity when I roster running backs. I started doing this little checklist the last couple of years. Like, do they have a path to 15 touches? And I'd go back to like old lineups that even if they were great, I would have answered no to a lot of those plays. And I was like, you know what? That's just too risky. More times than not, it didn't work out. Like when I'm playing A.J. Dillon a week one, like I don't know if I could say that he's got a path to 15 touches with Aaron Jones. I can Um, with other guys on this list, like with Kenneth Walker. Let's say he does get back to, you know, 80% 80% health and Charbonnet is good to go. Like, does Kenneth Walker have a path to 15 touches? I would say, I don't know. Um, Jamal Williams, same thing. Rashad White, that's a guy that probably should get 15, 20 touches. So he's a good value as well. But you look at Foreman, Algier, Mostert, all those guys down there. I mean, other than Najee Harris, I really couldn't, and Aaron Jones, I really couldn't say that, yes, they're going to get 15 touches, maybe can't makers. But that's just something that I look at. I think Miles Sanders is going to get 18-plus touches and at 5,700 too cheap to pass up because i think that wide receivers are underpriced in week 1 and once they get their big stats Tyreek's going to go up to like close to 9k like i want to get as many of those guys in that upper 7k range that are going to get 10 plus targets in my lineup because draftkings is full point ppr so i think you know i'm emphasizing the uh, the higher priced wide receivers in week 1
2: makes sense uh yeah i mean i I think I can get behind that. Any, any. By the way, we have almost three times as many people watching as we have hits of the like button. If not for me, do it for Nick. And by the way, if you're not already <laughs> following Nick at Sticks Picks, please make sure you give him a follow, an excellent, Appreciate excellent that. follow. Um, Nick, any sort of like really low-priced options that you think you – listen, it's early and we're in the preseason, But but maybe some younger guys that you might end up leaning on if the preseason shows that maybe they're going to get some touches, get some starts.
3: There's one guy I love, and I'm really interested to hear your take on him. Again, it's this is a guy that won't check that box of getting 15 touches, but he's cheap enough to where I'm considering him. Devon A chain from Miami. When everybody's going to that game, like that's also something that I love to do when people are stacking a game, and again, this is this game's gonna hit close out at 51 52 points in the total. Everybody's gonna go there. I don't think people give Devin A chain a chance. Um, We know how explosive he is. What I'm most concerned about is his pass blocking. And it seems like everything in camp, it seems like, you know, every writer talks great about all their players, but his pass Mm -hmm. blocking is apparently great right now. So I love to see that. And what I love more is Mike McDaniel will trust a rookie. We saw this guy, was it two years ago? Everybody was excited for Trey Sermon. And I don't know why he was a healthy scratch week one at Detroit. Everybody started to jam in Mostert and I think jeff william jeff wilson was a healthy scratch that week everybody went to Mostert. same running back core he has right now he said the hell with all of them went to elijah mitchell so i know mitchell is built to carry a you know 20 times a game like he's a brick shit house or so pardon my language i don't know if we can cuss on this show sorry about You're that fine. but um i i think that that's just enough to if a chain's gonna be like one percent owned he's got enough playmaking ability to where, if the rest of your lineup is fantastic and checks those volume boxes that I talk about, he's worth a dart throw. What say you?
2: No, I don't mind it at all. And and by the way, that that week one, because I was high on Mostert too, he did get injured in that game, like he normally does early in a game. So like I was, yeah, I was always. like heavy on him. I remember. But you're right. I mean, Elijah like ended up being the guy, and, and I, I think you're right. Also, they invested some draft capital in him at a position that they didn't really need to spend any draft capital on because it's not like they were getting like Bijan Robinson at the position. So um, that clearly is a move to me that they really like him. So to your point, I think that's somebody we need to keep an eye on and maybe read the tea leaves a little bit, because if he is going to be getting solid reps week one, uh, that's a great discount and a very explosive player. And I love what you said. For those of you that are new to DFS, Nick was just explaining like, listen, everybody is going to go to similar places in that game. Uh, with, with with respect to the, the Dolphins and, and the Los Angeles Chargers. And they're probably going to do stacks of Tua with Tyreek and, and a bring back or Justin Herbert and Keenan or Justin Herbert and whoever with a bring back. And those are fine, but – what if the game explodes as anticipated, but it's the secondary guys that, that get a lot of the points? And that like, that's where you can really like, that's like double leverage on the field, right? Because you're getting the points, but, but, but everybody's playing sort of the wrong guys as it turns yep. out. And so that's how you can really get going in a GPP is take some of those secondary guys that people aren't going to play. And maybe those are the guys that are going to get all the points. Nick, did I capture that point well enough? Oh,
3: absolutely. Yeah. And thanks to Casey Chiefs 320, Devon A-Chain. I, I butcher names all the time. That is uh, a weakness of mine. So I appreciate anybody that can uh, can uh, help me out there. So I appreciate that. But yeah, other than you know him and uh, Rashad White, below 5,500, I just you're hoping for a home run. And maybe that's what we're doing with A-Chain. But I do think that he gets 10 to 12 touches because of the draft equity that they spend on him like you made. So that's a great point. See
2: All right. Well, we are going to move to wide receivers and then we'll touch really quick on tight ends. But before we do that, we're going to hear another word from our partners.
4: Get iXL now, and listeners can get an exclusive 20% off iXL membership when they sign up today at iXL.com audio. Visit iXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Okay, picture this. It's
1: Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
2: Rick says, Fields gets a touchdown week one against Green Bay. Book it, he says. I'm playing Fields anytime touchdown week one. Uh, listen. If anybody has a take like that, put it in the chat. We got a lot of people watching. I'm, I'm all, I'm, I'm open to takes. By the way, Justin Fields, is he somebody that made your? You just said you've done 32 lines. with Justin Fields in any of them?
3: No, that um, scares me too. Like I'm going to be fading Jalen Hurts and Justin Fields until further notice because those guys can obviously score two, three rushing touchdowns at any time. Again, it's just the pace of that game. I don't think Green Bay really pushed the pace. I don't think Chicago pushed the pace. Same thing with Philly and New England. But we do got Bill O'Brien back in New England. So maybe that offense puts up a, a sneaky fight. But I just think Philly is one of the best teams on paper we've seen in some time. So don't want to mess with that game. I Philly could certainly win 30 to nothing. And Jalen's done playing in midway through the third quarter.
2: Yeah, I mean, Philadelphia is so good. They're just, They're so good. Good. They, they really yeah, upgraded in the offseason, which is terrifying. Uh, and Ivan says A chain has kick return, punt return potential too. Uh, that's it's probably great going to end up being true. Good call. All right, receivers. Speaking of good calls, we've got like some really great receivers up top. It sounds like you definitely want to play Tyreek Hill. No objection here. Um, I mean, listen, you can stack this game or you can skinny stack this game or you can just dive in and get a piece. I think Tyreek Hill would be the most important piece uh, in this one. Nick, tell me if you agree with that. Tell me why you like Tyreek Hill. But in terms of this upper echelon, we're looking right now at 6,900 and above. Uh, Who do you like?
3: Tyreek Hill is uh, similar to Miles Sanders, a guy that's just locked in everywhere. I don't care about Tyreek Hill's ownership. I think he can have his way with this Chargers secondary, especially with how McDaniel moves him around all the formations. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like he should be the most expensive wide receiver here because we know, like, the implied probability of that game shooting out is extremely high compared to any other game out there. That's a guy that's going to get 12-plus targets. I can't really say that about everybody up here. Maybe Cooper Cup if he's good to go, but we got the, uh, the hamstring scare there. Justin Jefferson, I severely worry about Tampa Bay's offense. That game could get out of hand quickly. Um, they do have pretty good corners still in Tampa Bay that maybe they scheme to take Justin Jefferson away, see what Jordan Addison's all about. I saw uh, someone talk about K.J. Osborne in here. I think that's maybe a sneaky play. Um, but Tyreek Hill is just the only guy that is guaranteed 12 touches, uh, 12 targets at this time. And to pay a K for a wide receiver, that's something that I'm looking for. Maybe Jamar chase, but we don't know the stats on burrow. So that's a story for another day. I like Devonte Adams a ton. I know the Broncos secondary is awesome. But again, if I think that the Denver Broncos are going to have a good offensive day, I do trust, um, it's McDaniels there too. McDaniels, plural, um, He's always very well prepped for week one. So Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't necessarily scare me a whole lot that he's the guy there. But Devontae Adams is going to get 15 plus targets if mm-hmm. if I think the Broncos offense goes off. That's what the Raiders have to do to stay in the game. So it's kind of like the, the game theory. And I know you'll talk about that with Degenerate next week. So great lineup you have to talk DFS, but more the game theory there. If the Broncos offense sucks week one, my lineups are dead anyway. So if they are to produce and be, you know, get up there in top of a GPP, the way for that to happen is obviously the Raiders aren't going to lay down and score zero points like they have to score. So I'm going to get exposure to Devontae Adams on the other side of those Broncos stacks. Um, AJ Brown, we talked about the Philly game enough. How You know, we just don't really know how to handicap that one. I think Keon Allen is a fantastic play. We talked about him. Jalen Waddle. Maybe a little too expensive. I'd rather just find the extra $1,100 to go up to Tyreek Hill. That is a big, a steep increase, but you could certainly play Waddle. Uh, we talked about Metcalf a little bit. Other than that, I don't love anybody in the 6900 range. So if Let I me had ask you this, this, go ahead, please.
2: So it sounds to me like one of your favorite stacks, if not your favorite. Is and I'll, I'll I'll give the run back here too. And I and I want you to spoil the cheap Denver guy that that you talked about before. We'll get okay. to cheap wide receivers in a second, but i you may as well spoil it because I'm curious how you're going to stack Russell Wilson because I know you're going to play him. And listen, we know at least off the top of my head, we got Cortland Sutton at 5,200. We got Jerry Judy at 6,600. We got Greg Dulcich at 4,000. I'm curious, and then we have the cheap receiver that you're going to tell us about. How are you stacking Russell Wilson, let's say, in your primary build? And is Devonte Adams like the auto run back there?
3: Yeah, Devontae Adams is going to be the auto run back, no doubt. I'm not, you know, I gave Jacoby Myers a look. I think, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo does have a lot of past success with abusing slot wide receivers. So he may be a guy that's going to be one to two percent owned. You could take a look at. But Devontae Adams is just so, so good. And he's had his way with Patrick Sertan in the past, two, And Sertan's not going to shadow. So Devontae will go all over there. Um, just the volume I'm betting on with him and the talent of how good of a route runner he is, but you could fit Tyreek Devante, maybe Keenan Allen, but I'm stacking Russ with Cortland Sutton at 5,200 because, you know, I I do love Jerry Judy. I'm not going to say anything bad about him. I absolutely love him. This Raiders secondary is just awful in general. Mm -hmm. And they're all. So I love what I'm hearing about Cortland Sutton at camp. He slimmed down a little bit, a lot quicker off the line. It's a guy that I've always just believed in his pure talent, a guy that really couldn't stay healthy throughout his career so far. So I will play him in week one when he is healthy. But 5,200 for a guy that should lead that team in red zone targets just seems too cheap. But there's a big opportunity that is available for the rookie Marvin Mims out of Oklahoma. Kind of runs routes like Tyler Lockett. He's a little guy, can absolutely fly, break, you know, like he's only 3K. He's gonna get five targets in this Joe Lombardi offense. Like they will spread it around. That was never a problem with the Chargers. It's it was never a pass funnel straight to Keenan Allen. Mike Williams got his. Josh Palmer got his at times last year. Like they're gonna spread the football around. So for 3K, if you just want to go Russ and Marvin Mims, run it back with Devontae Adams, you could certainly fit Tyree Kill. You could certainly fit Keenan Allen and get the key pieces of that back and forth shootout and still not be so invested in that game to where if it does kind of, you know, underwhelm a little bit, half the field's going to be dead because they're game stacking the hell out of that one. That's kind of what I'm interested in. I, I think Marvin Mims is good for nine to ten points. And Russell Wilson, if, you know, if he's 5% owned or less, I'm hoping that's where he's at. Otherwise, I probably won't go that heavy on that game because of the concerns with the Raiders. But Marvin Mims, man, I uh, I think this is a really good spot. We're never going to see him at 3K again. So mm-hmm. him now he's, he's talented. I don't think the field will go down that
2: low. Yeah. And he, first of all, he's talented for sure. And he does get the benefit. We talked about it earlier of the unfortunate injuries with like KJ Hamler with his issue. And then, of course, Tim Patrick with his issue. I mean, th- there's some draft capital in Mims, too. So, the, the, of course. Especially with those injuries, they're going to want to have him ready and he will be ready for week one. As far as I yeah,
3: he's tell. way down there, you can see him still scrolling. Like, <laughs> I don't think people go that low. I think maybe the cheapest wide receiver people play. You mentioned Mechi, I think he's 3,600. That's an interesting play. I i did give a look to Tank Dell as well out of Houston, but Marvin Mims is just like the guy that, if I really look at these offenses, he's a guy that's going to have a role right off the bat. And I trust Sean Payton and Joe Lombardi to get him involved because he's just so talented. So. That's uh, that's going be my punt. And then Elijah Moore, I'm sure people probably stop there in terms of cheapies at thirty eight hundred. So Marvin Mims is the guy.
2: Tank Dell is uh, is interesting. He's playing tonight uh, for Houston. He should get some game time, and Mims should get some some game action, And I- I'm assuming that at least the first and second preseason games. So these are guys you can actually monitor outside of looking at beat reporters and things of that nature. Um, let's talk about some sort of middling priced receivers. We talked about Judy, We talked about Sutton. We talked about your top tier guys. Uh, but who do we need to talk about in that sort of like mid-6K or mid-5K range?
3: With how bad the Colt secondary is, is Calvin Ridley worth it at 6500 Like I, I again, I kind of look at this like the stock market. Like, when are we never going to see this price again, and when is it time to buy? Calvin Ridley really intrigues me, but he hasn't played football in so long. And they are, you know, they do have some good weapons. Evan Ingram got paid, you know, that, uh, that offense loves to use the tight end. Christian Kirk's a stud. I don't want to say Zay Jones is a stud, but he was very, but he gets targets. He gets targets. And he's saying
2: like, like I, I, it's not that I'm out on Calvin Ridley. I just, I think maybe the hype is a little bit too high. I don't think I want to spend. If he was like, 6,000, I think it would be a little bit more palatable. And I understand he can be a game breaker, but you said it, Evan Ingram gets targets too. He just got paid. Um, and he gets targets almost like, like a receiver, certain games. So you got Christian Kirk, who I think had 84 receptions last year. Yeah. Um, Zay Jones gets plenty of work. So I, I just think and there was somebody in the chat that asked about the, the Ridley T Lawrence stack. You're right about the Colts secondary, but the Colts are also going to slow it down. I mean, I think they're yeah. going to limit possessions at the same time. So I'm out on Ridley personally, but if somebody wanted to go in on Ridley, that's fine. But I do want to say this. People want to be, quote, early on Ridley. I don't know that you're early on Ridley because everybody's kind of already on him, like to some degree, at least. So I'm, I I think I'm out on Ridley, but I get it. Uh, who else, though?
3: Yeah, I mean, just real quick with Ridley, like it would not surprise me if Cortland Sutton has more targets in week one than Kelvin Ridley. And he's mm-hmm. just so much cheaper in a game that should be a little more potent to offense, um, but going down, I mean, Amari hey, can Cooper, I ask you oh, something?
2: Because he's he's yeah. right next to Ridley. Yes, Speaking Alave. of bad secondaries, I mean, Chris I Olave, or, or even we had Derek Brown last week talking about Rashid Shahid, who's a guy I've, I've always liked as well. Um, Michael Thomas, maybe, if we see something from him in the preseason. But Olave seems like somewhat of a smash play, maybe a skinny stack with Olave and Derek Henry, for those people that want to play Derek Henry. But Shaheed, I think, is in that conversation, too, against that secondary. Any interest in any of those receivers?
3: I think Olave. I mean, getting exposure to Derek Carr's wide receiver one has never been a bad idea throughout his, you know, his football career and our, and our fantasy career. So I certainly think Olave is a. He's obviously a stud too, and that's a cheap price. I just think he's going to be so so popular again, mainly because of that green dot right there, thirty second for Tennessee. Their secondary is awful. They grade twenty seventh for me, which on this slate. Is well the Raiders are dead last. So again, I talked about the Broncos enough today, but yeah, it's. But does Michael Thomas come back and get eight targets? Like, there's still a part of me that believes he's good, and I hate it because I ne- I was never a fan of his, but I don't know. I I do think Alave. I mean, they got a scheme. Alave. He's just. Best I'm out receiver.
2: on Thomas, but I'm in on Alave. I'm in on. I'm in on Rashid Shaheed, and I'll tell you, DeBro dropped some stats on Shaheed with respect to. The manner in which uh, the the Vegas Raiders kind of uh, drop the ball on go routes and just you know yeah. just give up the bomb. So, um, I I think both those guys are in play. I don't know that about a Derek Carr stack, but anyway, I interrupted you because I wanted to go to Olave real quick. But who else in this range do you like?
3: Yeah, I think Alave is a cash game staple. I just think he's going to be twenty five percent owned. So at six thousand five hundred, play him in your cash games for sure. Um, I don't love really any of these guys if Joe Burrow plays. I think Amara Cooper and Deshaun Watson is a viable stack, um, especially when all the field is likely to go to Nick Chubb. You could leverage that and play the passing attack. Mike Williams, I think, is way too cheap. Again, in a game that is going to be very popular, I don't think Mike Williams sees over 10% ownership. So maybe the way to get different in that game is just to play a ton of it or just play the the one-offs, like we said, and maybe get weird with like A-Chain or Parham we'll talk about too. Drake London probably too many targets to be fifty four hundred. If you scroll down a little bit, I think that's a really good play. Probably more towards the cash side of things because that game is likely going to be slow and ugly. But not a whole lot above Cortland Sutton and below Jerry Judy that I really love. Like Ridley is interesting. We talked about him. I think you had you nailed it there. It's probably not worth it. Alave is probably going to be the highest owned wide receiver on the slate. I love him, but probably can't play that in GPPs for me because I'm not going to stack Derek Carr. like Christian Watson. We talked about that game. Don't love it. Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. Like, are they too cheap? Like Baker Mayfield's so competent. He did abuse a slot a lot in his time in Cleveland. Like Chris Godwin could get 13 catches if Minnesota's offense comes out firing like they did week one last year.
2: Yeah, I'm kind of in on Godwin in general, um, because you can like in redraft leagues you can get him at a pretty cheap price because of who the quarterback is. I don't know that it matters in Godwin's case who the quarterback is, and honestly, like Minnesota, Minnesota's secondary is really interesting because they they Bam. got a, they got Byron Murphy of course, and then they drafted in the secondary as well, Makai um, Blackman. But I I wonder. How good that sec- Like I think it's going to take time for that defense, that secondary to gel. So it might be time to jump in on a Chris Godwin, where I think they people think the upside is is a little capped there, but I'm not so sure it is in in this particular game. And we kind of know who, regardless of the quarterback, don't we know he's going to get a certain number of targets? Yes, we know he's so. probably
3: getting a plus targets. So to be below six k and have that type of opportunity share is. Is pretty good. And, you know, Dave Canales, I think, is now going to call plays for Tampa like he did a really good job with Gino Smith last year. So it is a guy that knows how to score points. So mm. so Baker's going to come out firing.
2: Yeah, for sure. Before we get to tight end, because I want to just touch on a couple of guys we might like maybe some some low priced options. Um, Any other sort of low priced receivers? Obviously, we talked about Marvin Mims, but anybody in that maybe 5K or upper 4K range that you'd consider?
3: Nico Collins, I know you like Mechie, but again, if we like Lamar and we think that that game is going to be a little more competitive than the public thinks, he's a big body guy. And those corners for Baltimore are pretty small, so I don't know. I've always had faith in Nico Collins. He's kind of like my Michael Hardman number two, so mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, Juju is pretty cheap, but again, I don't, I don't love that. Jacoby Myers is probably the most interesting guy for me in terms of no one's going to play him, and he's in a really good spot with the slot there and Jimmy Garoppolo, so... Other than that, you know, I don't love anybody in this price range.
2: Where are you at on uh, Zay Flowers and and um, Odell?
3: So okay, I thought we were only going upper four K. Absolutely, z- love Zay Flowers. He is going to be the guy that I stack Lamar Jackson with, and potentially Andrews. I don't know if I'll go double stack on that offense, but. I don't think the public's going to do that because like you said, everybody's going to think of Lamar. You don't need to stack them. But again, with that offense going more towards the spread, I think this is the time to do it. I do love the double stack. I think Save flowers has an absolute field day. This dude's really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Bateman just got off the pup list, but I don't think that affects save flowers at all. He's going to be all, all around the formation He is one of my favorite wide receivers, and he is in the article for week one. At 4K, again, this is the time to buy this offense before people catch on. They are going to pass a lot. Lamar did it in Louisville, too. He passed all the time, so I'm cool with it. I I think that's the guy, man. I think that's a very sneaky play, so I'm glad we got down to the 4K range because he is a guy that is going to get six-plus targets at 4K in a very good situation against a still young, unbeatable Houston secondary. Let's do it.
2: You know who he reminds me of in the open field is Antonio Brown. Like That's a great comp. Just, That's a great he's just, comp. He's quick, he's fast, and just the way he can just catch the ball and just separate so quickly, um, I think, like, we'll see. You know, like, you, you never know how a Baltimore receiver is, is going to go. And we know, like, the receivers tend to get blamed if 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 it's not a great passing game. But I think Zay Flowers is one of those guys that, maybe they finally did invest in the right receiver. Maybe, maybe to Lamar's credit, maybe Marquise Brown wasn't the guy. Maybe some of these guys like, like Devin DuVernay probably was never going to be the guy. Some of, some of those um, wide receivers. So I think Zay really, really is the guy and he has Odell to help him out uh, too. So uh, let's move over to tight end before we, uh, before we close out here, Nick, I mentioned at the top of the show, uh, Luke Musgrave. I mean, we'll have to see, you know, how he pans out in the preseason, but I think he's the starter for the Packers week one. He's only twenty nine hundred. I think he's at least interesting from a punt standpoint. There's guys like Okonkwo who are in that mid three k range. Who I, I, you know, we know one thing we know about Okonkwo. He might not get a ton of targets, but the targets he gets are, are schemed very well, and he can take it to the house any given moment. I think Jawan Johnson is interesting in that somewhat punt range. Um, who you want here?
3: Yeah, Mark Andrews obviously is going to be the clear option at the top. I, I don't think you can go wrong with him. And again, 6200 we probably don't see that price again, especially if this Baltimore offense throws the ball as much as I think they will. Uh, Dalton Schultz may be the target leader in Houston. Again, we we talked about Slovak, the 49ers, how they scheme those drag routes to tight ends. I think Dalton Schultz is viable. I'm probably not going to pay 4600 for him. Other than that, I think this is a great spot for Gerald Everett. Probably mm-hmm. a guy that gets underowned in that game that everybody's going to want to play. I, I can't get there with Musgrave yet. The Packers do. They Deguar ran a lot of routes when he's healthy yeah. last year. So I think he knows the offense. I'll probably start with him just because Musgrave's a rookie. We know the talents there. But I, I probably will not be playing a rookie tight end in week one. Um we'll see if that's a good decision or a bad decision. I think Dulcich is worth a look. I I just don't love that whole situation with the tight ends, because I don't, I don't know if Dulcich is going to be their tight end one. So I'd rather go to Cortland Sutton, Judy, Marvin Mims. Um, probably not going to play Nijoku. I think he's everybody's favorite guy this off season. It seems like his ADP just keeps rising and rising. But the one guy I I mentioned earlier, I think with the if he's like the only punt in your lineup, because what it allows you to afford elsewhere. I really do like Donald Parham at 2,600. They are going to run a lot of 12 formation with two tight ends, especially in the red zone. I know Dalton Schultz absolutely tore it up for Dallas last year, but so did the other guys at, on occasion. So you're not you are not going to get a 15-point outing out of Donald Parham, but you are going to get three, four catches if he can break one for 30, 40 yards, if he could score a touchdown, a cheap touchdown at 2,600. That's all I'm asking for him is eight points. If the rest of my lineup is as good as I think it could be, I like Donald Parham there at uh, 2,600.
2: Yeah, I don't mind that at all. And by the way, you you mentioned something. I think you just mentioned something about Amari Cooper. You'd agree with me that nobody's going to play a Watson-Cooper stack, right? You you were talking about Njoku, and it reminded me of this. A Watson-Cooper stack against Cincinnati, who could could light Oak Burroughs healthy, was likely to put some points on the board. Any thoughts on that stack? Because nobody's going to play it.
3: If Joe Burrow plays and he's good to go, that is going to be a game that intrigues me a ton because, again, everybody's going to want to play Nick Chubb. You can maybe even stack Nick Chubb with Watson, too,
2: yeah,
3: and play Amari Cooper. Um, I, I think him and Elijah Moore are going to be way up on my projections if Joe Burrow plays week one. Just right now, it's, it's too early for me to comment because I haven't heard much about uh, Joe Burrow.
2: All right, Nick, I'm going to put you on the spot. We can take the board down now. By the way, that was awesome. Everybody in the chat, like, that was awesome, right? Like, if, if you didn't feel like it was NFL season yet or NFL DFS it, it season, is now. Yeah, let's you go. certainly do now. Um, before I let you go, give me, let's say for the somewhat newer NFL DFS player who's maybe been doing this for, I don't know, like a couple of years and, you know, just not, not the best gains in the world. Maybe one or two tips you could give that person in terms of like, hey, you're 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 probably doing this wrong. Here's a couple things you can fix.
3: Yeah, so I, I think number one, you know, have a bankroll before you start. Like, know what you're okay with. You know, if, if things were just to go awful, know what you're okay with losing. Don't you know chase every single week and start to get upset with DFS because it's affecting your personal life. Like, this should be for fun. Um, you know, very few people are professionals. I'm I'm not even a full on professional. I still have a full time job that, you know, I, I need to survive. So um, there are people out there that strictly do this for a living and good, you know, good for them that someday in my life dream, I haven't got there yet, but we've been close. Um, but look at contest selection and and maybe look at, you know, playing a little bit of cash games. I know, Sia, you've talked about those um, on the show many times and with PGA as well. But um, you know, my Twitter handle's on here, too. If you got any questions, DM me. I will answer everything that I can. I pretty much live on my phone during football season. My wife absolutely hates it. But, you know, NFL DFS kind of bought our house and and stuff like that. So I get a little bit of leeway with the success we've had in the, in the household here. But look at, you know, if you're playing GPPs, I just went through the contest a little bit just up top. So let's say like bankroll's, you know, not an issue. Look at the tournaments, look at the pay line and make sure you're getting at least two extra money for min cashing. So what I mean by that is uh, one of the tournaments here is the 100K double spy. It's a $200 entry, but this, you know, money agnostic, this could go down to a $5 tournament. Look for the same type of thing. So it's $200 entry and last place in the pay line. So I think it's I don't know. I had the numbers written up, but you know, say you just finished in the pay line, you're getting 100% ROI. So you're getting $400 back. So make sure it's 2x min cash and look for pay lines that pay over 20% in GPP. So um, that's just taking the last place that's paid divided by the field. You want something that's over 20%. So that 100k double spy is a $200 entry. It's 2x min cash, as I mentioned earlier, and it pays the top 21.6%. So damn near 22% of the field gets paid um, when you compare that to other tournaments out there, ones that really like, you know, obviously there's huge prize pools on DraftKings. And that's interesting, too. Like if you want to go take shots at the milli, by all means, like DFS should still be fun. Winning a million dollars or having a chance to do it is very fun. So go get those two. But like the 50K double spy is a tournament on DraftKings. It is a $200 entry. Min cash is $300. So you get only a 50 percent ROI. And the pay line is less, it only pays the top 20.9%. So you're losing almost a full percent chance uh, when fields are a thousand people. Like that's significant because every point matters on DraftKings, as I'm sure a lot of you guys know. But the pay line is less at 20.9%, and your ROI is less. Like that is a tournament that shouldn't even be offered, in my opinion, but people mm-hmm. still fill it. So, like, look at stuff like that. Get your contest reserve early because a lot of the field does look at the same things that I look at. Like that 100K Double Spies, one of the best tournaments on DraftKings for single entry as well. Um, we could probably do a whole other show on MME and mass multi-entry. But what I like to do personally is 50% of my bankroll is going to go to cash games, which are completely different build. You're going to get exposure to multiple players. You're really not going to stack because, like I said, you know my GPPs right now are stacked around Denver. If Denver offense is crack- correct. Half the bed and i played denver in cash as well like my whole week's over so like you want to spread out your risk a little bit there and those double ups or uh, cash games 50 50s we call them you know it's a 50 damn near 50 percent chance to double your money i if i put 50 bucks in those and 50 bucks in gpps and my gpp suck and my cash games hit which i expect them to hit at you know like a 65 percent clip i broke even that week and that's a much safer way of playing it and again um a lot more details on that stuff throughout the weekend on Daily Sports but again just you know hit me up on Twitter anytime always happy to talk lineups and stuff with like that with people more the theory I don't like to like give you names to play um, other than the ones I already did on this show, but mm-hmm. it is what it is. And I got to give a shout out to Brian Bailey. He is my, uh, my first boss in my professional game, uh, professional life, I guess my second boss, but whatever. Um, he's a big fan of the show. So yeah, he absolutely oh, loves wow. you. He wanted a shout out on the show. So I got to give it to him. Um, personally, I wouldn't be where I am without him. So always love to give thanks to those that, you know, help pave the way, even though it was a, you know, corporate job had nothing to do with football, we talk football all the time. He'd let me look at fantasy football during work and stuff like that. And you know, then I started making a lot of money on DraftKings. And you know, he was there to support me to do that. So shout out to him and uh, everybody else for supporting this show. See you. You do amazing work, man. Can't wait for what the future holds for you. I know the big news is probably on the horizon soon. And just keep doing what you're doing. Thanks for having me. It, it means a lot. And uh, again, everybody in the chat, hit the like button. The show's awesome. It's it's so educational, and I like to listen to every episode that I can. Uh, when I'm driving for work throughout the week. So thanks for having me. It means a lot, man.
2: Appreciate it, Nick. And again, you can find Nick at sticks picks. That's S T I X P I C K S. And I'll tell you, you can find his work just like he said at wind And he's hanging out in the windley sports discord to answer like these type of theory questions. And you have questions about players and things of that nature. Um, Nick, you're just one of the sort of like next level guys I've spoken with uh, in DFS. It's just what you're you're just one of those guys that sort of takes it to the next level. So I'm glad you graced us with your presence. And By the way, (laughs) Brian, shout out to Brian again. That's that's cool that he's a big fan of me (laughs) and the show, obviously. Um, But that's going to do it for us. That's going to do it for Nick. That's going to do it for me on Fantasy Football Today DFS again. Uh, the middle to late next week, we're going to have Degenerate 75 on. We're continuing our offseason series, talking week one, maybe talking some preseason, but definitely talking some game theory, too, to have you prepared to get into week one, week two, week three of the NFL DFS season. Of course, when we really get started in terms of the regular season, Mike McClure will be back with me and we'll be talking all of this stuff, breaking down every single slate and of course, recapping every single slate as well. But for now, that's all from us. This is Fantasy Football Today, DFS, and we'll see you next time.